Hi, I'm Ken Estella, and you are listening to the Myth and Magic Podcast. This podcast is dedicated to the occult Western mystery traditions. Welcome back to episode three of the Myth and Magic podcast. This is going to be the third in a series of free webinar lectures that I'm sharing with you. And today's uh, today's lecture is a pre-recorded lecture I did a couple of years ago for my Introduction to Hermetic Tarot class online. The topic for this episode is going to cover the controversial tarot cards in the tarot deck, which include the Devil card, the Tower card, and the Death card. And with this lecture, you're going to get some really good guidelines on how to handle these cards when they show up in a reading so that you don't scare your clients. There are three cards in particular in the tarot deck that sometimes need to be handled with very great care in a reading. And this is particularly true for beginning readers. And these three cards are the Death card, the Tower card, and the Devil card. Beginning with the death card, the most important thing you have to be aware of is that your client is potentially going to be visually very sensitive to this image. The majority of your clients will not know anything about tarot, and the first thing that can come to their mind is that if the death card shows up in the reading, they may have an initial uh, knee-jerk reaction at a subconscious level that it means that they're going to die if they can you know, and that can leave them feeling very disturbed. So this is a very instinctive response to a very powerful archetypal image. You and I know differently as tarot readers, but I really encourage you to have some kind of a little mini educational lecture prepared ahead of time to give any of your clients at a moment's notice if you find that you have to educate them on this card if they begin to get scared. So Before they go too far with an incorrect assumption, you need to explain the proper context of this card to them. Because really intense fear can have the potential to become a self-fulfilling prophecy for some people, especially if they already have any unconscious and self-destructive patterns. You need to be able to explain this card in its proper context when it shows up in terms of where in the... um, where in the card layout it shows up, what position it's in, and in context of the question that's being asked. So you're going to have to be really sensitive to their discomfort and their fears if, in fact, they have a fear response to this card coming up in the reading. And what you absolutely do not want is a client walking away from your reading, fearing for their life, or leaving with a great deal more anxiety than they came with. So understanding context, and I can't say this enough, understanding the context of the card and the position it falls in is really critical to interpreting this card. Giving them an accurate interpretation of its meaning is critical for reframing any responses that they have if their initial response is an incorrect one. If you are dealing with clients who already have experience with having tarot readings, it probably won't be too much of a problem. But if you do have someone who's never had a reading before, be a little more careful with them because they are sometimes nervous to begin with. They don't know what to expect from a reading. And if that card shows up in the very first reading they've ever had, Um, 
then you're going to want to have a little bit of a, of a pep talk prepared ahead of time to be able to deal with that discomfort. For most of us that read tarot, we know that the death card indicates the possibility of radical change and very rarely does it ever indicate actual death. And it would be really wise to mention this to your client if they have any doubts. Death can represent the end of anything. This doesn't necessarily have to literally mean the end of someone's life. This can mean the end of a relationship. It can mean the end of a job. It can mean the end of a friendship or the end of a major chapter chapter or a cycle in your life. It can be the end of a marriage. Um, the position the card falls in during the spread will help you figure out what it is that just ended or is coming to an end. And that's going to depend a great deal on what the question is. So if you yourself are in doubt, don't be afraid to ask your client, have you just suffered a recent loss, especially if the card falls in a position of the past? Um, often they're going to validate that assumption and explain to you what happened. So when they do that, then you can put any of their uncertainty to rest as to what the card indicates, because obviously the card indicates what the client already knows um, in terms of some recent past loss that's already happened. If the card falls in a future position, then you have to be a little more careful with the context um, and guide them very intuitively in the proper direction in terms of understanding what it is that's coming in the near future that may be ending or that may be changing that they may need to prepare for and um, what it is that needs to come to an end in the near or distant future and so forth. Maybe it's a nowhere relationship they're, they're involved in, and you're going to be able to tell that by the way they talk about their relationship. Um, you know, especially if an individual has made a bad choice to begin with, and it's obviously an abusive situation and the death card is in a future position, then it's pretty safe to say that this relationship is going nowhere at this point. The trick is going to be in actually helping your client come to accept the reality of that. And that is often more trickier than, than you as a reader just seeing the actual truth. Um, perhaps a marriage is headed for a divorce. Perhaps a job is ending. Perhaps it's just as simple as the person who's ready and waiting for a huge life change and maybe is really looking forward to that change and looking forward to a completely new direction in their life. It doesn't always have to be a bad thing. Um, maybe they're moving. Maybe they're starting over somewhere else and they're really excited about it, but change is scary. Um, maybe they have to let go of some things in order to move forward. So in terms of your coaching skills, if you see a marriage or a relationship that is coming to an end in a reading, you're going to have to be careful about how you discuss it, especially if there is hope that this person has that this relationship is going to continue to last. And this is where, you know, the fine line between a tarot reader and a counselor comes because, um, you know, if I, if I have a, if I have a client that is just doesn't want to hear the truth, I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time trying to convince them of what they need to do. That's not my job. And, um, it might not be in their best interest to try to convince them what the truth is. Maybe they have to find it out the hard way. Um, at the same time, if you don't have the proper skills in terms of facilitating their understanding of the process they're going through, um, less is going to be more in those situations. So the less input you have on it, the better off you're going to be. If again, you find you're out of your scope or out of your qualifications for handling a particular person's psychological state of mind. 
Sometimes you see things in a reading that you choose just not to discuss. Just because you see it doesn't mean you have to say it. And that's going to be a really important thing for you to remember also. Um, you will have to assess how resistant or not the client is to the change that is indicated before you decide if you want to bring something up to any degree. And this is something that also I'm going to go into a lot more in depth in, in the ethics portion in the online class. Um, the other important thing to remember about the meaning of this card is that it also does have to do with fertility sometimes and the idea of rebirth at a very biological and sexual level as well. So it can sometimes be indicative of cycles, seasons, um, the karmic wheel of change, biological processes, um, and so forth. So when reading this card, try to zero in as much as possible on the rebirth aspect of the situation and what the potential is for the renewal and the silver lining about whatever difficult thing might be coming up in the reading where this card happens to land. The tarot card, uh, the tower card often indicates really harsh change that can be even more cataclysmic than anything that the death card is going to represent in a reading. Um, and this is because the tower card is ruled by the Mars energy. Um, it indicates sudden, sudden change, sometimes without warning, or the necessity to really get down to the nuts and bolts and address a really serious issue that is likely coming to a head. I've seen this card present in situations where someone was suddenly and violently fired from a job with a whole lot of emotional drama. Um, it's shown up in readings where serious injury or sometimes even life, cri life crises have happened. It shows up in situations where endings may be imminent and the energy of this card can potentially also indicate violence. This card, more than the death card, can sometimes be an indicator of literal death because of the suddenness and the unpredictability of the Mars energy. Um, but not always. It's going to be, you know, in fairly rare situations that it's ever going to be that literal. But it's usually, this card is usually going to show up in unpleasant, um, unpleasant circumstances. So, again, it's likely rare when this card comes up that it would be literal, but you might have to try to be really discreet at first to look for signs that the client has experienced or is about to experience some trauma that is relevant to the reading. Um, shock, trauma, and grief can be a big component of this card. This card can also indicate a need to eradicate an evil of some kind, and it can predict that things may get a little messy before they get better. So here again, you have a card that a client might be really resistant to or really afraid of if you bring it up for conversation. Now, the thing about the tarot card is that the image is not quite as fearful as the death card image. So that's kind of one of the blessings about this card is they're, they're going to tend not to have quite such an immediate reaction to looking at the card as they would the death card, even if this card does represent something that may be a little more intense than anything that the death card might represent. Um, and this is a good thing because that means that they have a little cushion from some of that in terms of what they're looking at on your tarot table. So your coaching skills and your ability to actually be of service to your client and your bedside manner is going to be really important in talking about this card. 
If you are, again, beyond your scope of experience in discussing the issue, then this is where your referral list um, is really helpful. You know, I can see you're having some problems in this particular situation. Maybe you've been a victim of violence. Maybe there's been some sexual violence. Maybe there's been some shock and grief and trauma. You've had a severe loss, you know, whatever the situation is. Um, you know, this really isn't my area of expertise, but I can give you the name of a really good counselor who handles this kind of thing, um, and so forth and so on. Now for myself, because I have done so much underworld ritual journey, um, shock and trauma are kind of part and parcel of underworld experiences. And as a tarot reader and as somebody who's been, um, sort of self-studied in psychology for the last 20 years, um, I have a little more confidence than some in dealing with these areas and I'm fairly comfortable and I know what my limitations are. So I don't really have a problem having these conversations with people, but there's a lot of other readers out there that are not going to feel comfortable addressing those kind of issues. And I really, really, really encourage you to have a referral list available for those of you who are not, um, who are not really, um, wired for those kind of conversations or those kind of coaching, coaching sessions, sessions. So, um, you know, some people might need an actual licensed counselor at that point, or maybe they need to go see a doctor, or maybe they need some form of professional assistance that you are not trained in. Um, if you can kind of, you're going to have to kind of read the writing on the wall with this card and see what's actually really going on and, and do the best you can to make a decision about where you want to steer them at that point in the reading. And the last card I want to talk about is the devil card. And this is going to be a problematic card if your client is suffering as most especially from any mainstream or religious fears that they may have. I haven't really had a lot of problems with this card in readings with any of my clients, but the potential is there. And often this card can indicate um, deceptions and lies and self-delusions. It can even indicate the, the fact that the client might actually be lying to you, the tarot reader, about a particular issue that, um, that they don't want to deal with or that they don't want to face. So, um, it can be an indicator that the client themselves are kidding themselves about a situation or that they're in denial about the issue. It can represent manipulation. It can represent cheating, lying, dishonesty, infidelity. Um, it can also represent really raw sexuality <coughs> that maybe doesn't have anything to do with love or intimacy in a relationship. Um, this card can come up in situations in relationship reading where the relationship is just about the sex and nothing else. There's no commitment. There's no loyalty. There's no, <coughs> there's no long-term, um, uh, no long-term meaning to the card. Um, you know, so again, context is really important. Um, if you're doing a relationship reading, then this card is going to indicate more of the cheating, the infidelity, or just the, um, the raw sexual attraction. And, and if you're doing some other kind of a reading, the context obviously is going to be totally different. So, um, you know, you can also take these cards and look what other cards are surrounded by, you know, like in, in the card, in the case of the devil card, if you see that you have the devil card in the reading and you also have a profound amount of uh, wand cards in the reading, then that even gives more credence to the idea that there's a lot of sexual libido energy going on there um, or power, uh, you know, dominant submission kind of thing. 
On a more sublime or shamanic level, this card also represents the idea of meditation and opening up your third eye. So in general, when the devil card shows up, look for signs of deceit or self-deception or possibly um, guide the individual into looking at, you know, maybe their own bad habits or their own behaviors that are no longer serving them in some way. It can also indicate self-imposed belief systems that are self-destructive or where one feels captive in a particular situation that they feel like they can't get out of. And um, I, I come to that association as the sort of underworld idea of the abduction of Persephone to the underworld by Hades, who's a very underworld um, demonic kind of uh, figure. So often, um, you know, often sometimes it's a matter of just coaching your client into seeing the situation differently so that they can break the chains that they that they think are keeping them in a situation, but that may really not be keeping them as much as they thought. Um, you know, so when this card comes up, uh, you could be dealing with people's very deeply ingrained, inaccurate core beliefs. Um, and helping them reframe those beliefs is going to be part of your solution oriented tactic in dealing with issues that surround this card. I've heard about some psychic hotlines that actually ask their, their psychics to remove some of these cards from the decks when reading for their clients in order to limit any legal issues um, and just to, to kind of cover their own bases legally because the psychic hotlines are, are geared much more for um, kind of it's geared, it's, it's different than doing readings in person. It's geared more for kind of mass entertainment. Um, and there's some hotlines that they just don't want these cards coming up in any of the readings and they just insist to pull them out of your deck so that you don't even have to deal with them. I know of a few readers in the past who have done that also because they don't want to deal with these cards. So if you remove them from the deck, then you can avoid having to confront issues on these cards, especially if you are not really qualified or don't feel comfortable in addressing whatever those card meanings might potentially have to say. You're going to have to decide for yourself. And the trick again is to know what your limitations are as a reader. And if you know that you are not good with those kinds of situations, then refer the client elsewhere when and where possible. And if necessary, just pull the cards out of the deck so you don't even have to talk to them or expose your clients to their images. Um, there's nothing wrong with that. I don't. I prefer to have them in, but like I said, I'm comfortable dealing with them. So um, it's good to know where your strengths lie in regards to what your specialties are and how you can help your clients. And, um, you know, knowing yourself and knowing your skill set is, is part of becoming a good reader for being able to know how to help your clients.